and welcome to the PathMig Psychiatry for Primary Care podcast. Hi everyone, today's topic is how to choose an antidepressant. So there are several factors we can look at in the best way to choose an antidepressant. The first and foremost is family history. If someone has a first degree relative doing well on an agent, they're more likely to do well on that. So that's always my first go-to unless there's some really good reason not to use it. Now, this is sort of pharmacogenetics. We know that the pharmacogenetic tests that people order aren't that useful because they tell you about metabolism, not clinical effectiveness. But family medication history is actually very effective in helping us narrow down our field of potential medicines. The next step is to think about what kind of depression the person has and what their symptoms are, and then pairing your antidepressant choice to those symptoms. The typical antidepressants we think about are you know, the SSRIs, the SNRIs, and then things like Wellbutrin and Mirtazapine that don't quite fit into those categories, but target the same neurotransmitter systems. So the three that we're really looking at, serotonin, norepinephrine, and dopamine, the big takeaway here is that anything that has a lot of norepinephrine impact is more likely to increase anxiety or cause agitation. So if people already have an anxious or irritable depression, you might not want to use those first line. You know, obviously not a hard and fast rule. And serotonin um, is really necessary for the treatment of anxiety with these medicines. So if you're, for say, using Welbutrin, which has no serotonin component, it's not really going to target the anxiety. So it wouldn't be the best choice if there's a lot of anxiety. Serotonin also is what's really behind those sexual side effects. So if people really don't want those, Welbutrin is actually the better choice. So the first class we'll talk about are the SSRIs. They're actually really different from each other. Celexa and Lexapro are purely serotonergic. So again, someone with a really agitated depression or an anxious depression, those are good choices. The other SSRIs can still be great choices, but knowing that they have a little bit more norepinephrine or dopamine activity I would be careful to start them at a lower dose and go up a little bit more slowly at the beginning. And if you start, say, Prozac or Zoloft, and the patient does have activation or increased anxiety, then moving to Lexapro or Selexa would be a good choice. On the flip side, that little bit of norepinephrine can help people who have low energy. Uh, so sometimes starting with Prozac or Zoloft is a great choice. A lot of people especially find Prozac a little energizing. I've also had a lot of patients tell me it makes them tired, so there's no hard and fast rules. These are definitely generalizations, and everyone has an individual response. The next category is the SNRIs, so serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. The four in this category are Effexor, Pristique, Cymbalta, and Fetzema. Fetzema is a pretty new one. All SNRIs at lower doses are primarily serotonergic. 
So for Cymbalta, that's up to 60 milligrams. For Thexor, that's up to 150 milligrams. So initially starting out with those medicines, you're really only getting serotonin reuptake inhibition. And as you get up into the higher doses, you're getting more of that norepinephrine component. Um, so you might see that they tolerate it really well until you get to the higher doses and then it's agitating. So you sort of know what's happening there. Um, these are great medicines, especially if people are feeling a little low energy. Effexor can affect blood pressure more so than many of the other antidepressants. If they have a history of hypertension, that might be a reason to avoid them. Now we'll touch on the other medicines, non-SSRI, non-SNRI. The first is Welbutrin. Welbutrin is norepinephrine and dopaminergic only, no serotonin. So again, we're not going to use it for anxiety or really anxious depressions because it has a significant risk of worsening anxiety, but it's really good for low energy anergic depressions or people with comorbid ADHD since Welbutrin does have evidence for ADHD in and of itself. Another good alternative is mirtazapine or Remeron. This is a serotonergic agent that works on a different part of the receptor complex. It's postsynaptic. Um, this does make all the world of difference for some patients. It's very sedating. Uh, 15 milligrams is the most sedating dose, so you always want to have them take it at bedtime. And I will start with the very lowest dose they can cut the very smallest pill into because it is very sedating. It can also really increase appetite, so that can be a big concern for patients. I always tell them with any of these antidepressants, you're going to gain weight by eating more. So if you're hungrier on the medicine and find yourself eating more, let me know. Weight gain is always a concern. If you aren't hungrier, then please try not to worry about it. Even with mirtazapine, which has the highest risk of weight gain, the risk is about 30%. The other antidepressants have a very, very low risk of weight gain overall. My first clinical pearl around prescribing these medicines is that they take a really long time to work. Um, I see frequently that people are started on an antidepressant, they're titrated very quickly to the maximum dose, and then they have horrible side effects and stop it, uh, but they never really gave the medicine a chance. You really need to take them up to a good you know, initial dose, say 5 to 10 of Lexapro for adults, uh, 20 of Prozac for adults, and then leave them there for 6 weeks for an adult, 2 to 4 weeks for a child or adolescent, and do not increase the dose during that time frame because we need to give the medicine a chance to work before we really assess it. If you push the dose past their ideal dose, they'll get a lot of side effects and it will be hard for them to tolerate. Uh, my second clinical pearl is how to talk to people about their fears around the medicine. Uh, if they seem hesitant, I'll just ask them what their concerns are. Um, often it's around weight gain. So I will tell them if these medicines make you gain weight, you'll notice you're hungry or you're eating more. You know, there there's no sneaky side effects where you don't realize something's happening and then all of a sudden it's horrible. It really is quite clear and when we first start a medicine, you're always welcome to stop it if you have bad side effects. You have to taper off these medicines slowly after you've been taking them for a while but not right after you start them. So if you really hate the side effects, they're not tolerable, just stop it and let me know. That always gives people a sense of comfort too because they know that they have full control over the medication trial.
My next clinical pearl today is how to talk about the black box warning. This applies to all adolescents, so up to age 24. Studies have shown that there is a small increase in the risk of thoughts about suicide with these medications. Please note, I said thoughts about suicide, not suicidal thoughts. A lot of times they're intrusive thoughts that don't feel like suicidal thoughts. And multiple studies have shown that people don't act on these thoughts. You, you definitely need to talk about it with patients, but you should also reassure them. Uh, lots of studies have shown that since the black box warning came out, a lot of people avoid prescribing antidepressants, and that's actually worsened the suicide rate. Um, so we need to balance caution with treatment. So in summary, we've covered SSRIs, SNRIs, and Wellbutrin, Mirtazapine, all great medicines. Remember to avoid strongly norepinephric medicines if there's already a lot of agitation or anxiety. If you guys would like a more detailed presentation of this information, including a chart of every SSRI, every SNRI, and where they fall in terms of their likely promotion of serotonin, norepinephrine, or dopamine, there is an excellent presentation by Marla Ruckert on the SharePoint site for behavioral health education. I hope this presentation was helpful, and I hope you have a wonderful day.